It's about the fact that you're here and we honor you in this place. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord, yeah. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord and sing. And sing. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord and sing. And sing. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. And sing, yeah, yeah. And we'll sing, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, praise you, Lord. We lift you up. We glorify you and magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
says that he remains faithful. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, knowing therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his loving kindness to a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. He's the faithful God who keeps covenant. We have covenant. We have a promise. We have a covenant with Almighty God that will sustain us, will help us, will heal us, will deliver us, will cause us to rise above all problems because we have a faithful God. Great is thy faithfulness. The Bible says that our God is faithful. And it says that his faithfulness is to all generations. There's not one generation that God's going to cut off and say, well, not this generation. He says he's faithful to all. We're part of all, aren't we? We're part of all. Let's sing it again. And I want you to just forget whoever's with you are by you or around you and see yourself before almighty God a God who loves you a God who's never been angry with you a God who has loved you no matter what you've done or haven't done his love is not conditional he loves you unconditionally his mercy is towards you his grace is towards you that God that God today is, is there with open arms saying, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I, I, for I, 
the Bible is clear that Jesus never created us, God never created us to bear burdens. We were never created to bear burdens. We're not burden bearers. <laughs> but Jesus Christ is the burden bearer. And so he says, get in the yoke with me. <laughs> you might feel like, well, I'm just a weak person. But when you're yoked in with Jesus, remember what we learned last week? We exchange our strength for his strength. So I want you to, to just get in with him right now. And you, you just picture yourself, look at him in the eye and say, great is your faithfulness. The Lord's been faithful to us. The Lord has never failed us. The Lord has been faithful. Go ahead. to me put that personal right now put your hand on your chest this morning one hand on your chest one hand up to the Lord 
and say, great is your faithfulness to me. You've been faithful to me, Lord Jesus. Great is your faithfulness to me. To me. To me. God's been faithful to me. God's been faithful to you. You might not have recognized it. You might not have known it. But I promise you that God's been faithful. And he remains faithful. Amen. Let's give a shout to the Lord who remains faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Great. Great is our God. Great is our God. Great is our God. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is good and he's good to all. God can't be bad to you because he's not bad. (laughs) You know, the only time we can be mean to someone is if we have meanness in us. But you know what? We exchange our meanness for his goodness. Amen. We exchange our sin for his righteousness. We, it's so marvelous what God has done for us. He has taken our sin and made us to be the righteousness of Christ. He has taken our sickness and our disease and made us be the healed. He has taken our, our addictions and made us be the, the delivered ones. God is good. God is faithful. And today, let me remind you that God loves you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you may be seated, but just take a moment to greet one another. We're going to ask you. Well, that's okay. It's okay. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and he's good to all. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thanks, Patty. I was going to say somebody's got to get in those seats because I don't want to preach to seats. I like preaching to people. How's it going, Chance? Praise God. Uh, I have to have just a moment here. Uh, Eric, I was told to ask you. Now, I know we got guys that need the sun, and we got people that need some rain. But we need sun right now. Okay. Now, this is the cool thing about it. Because, like, Kim's parents don't need any more rain. And actually, you know your friend Frank, who has the Western store. He and I had a great conversation the other day. 
It's, it's marvelous what kind of conversations you can get in at the cleaners. <laughs> but anyway, we had a great conversation. And he says, because, I, I, you know, I was saying house business. And, of course, if you're talking to anybody around here about business that d deals with ranchers and farmers, you're going to hear about the weather. And so we started talking, and he said, you know, the problem is it's different all over the province. Some people are saying, give us rain. Some people are saying, we need sun. He said, it's just different. So Kim told me, be sure not pray for any more rain for her parents. <laughs> they need sun. But so this morning I said, what do we pray? I don't even know what to pray anymore. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Say thank God for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and so I asked Rhonda. She said to ask you. Well, you know what? This is, a, this is a wonderful thing about it. God knows where your land is. God knows the ones that are seeking him, the ones that are believing him. And he can cause it to rain. We've seen it on the Davidsons where it's rained on their land. And no one else's. Like not, I don't mean no one else's, but not the neighbors. But sometimes the blessing of God goes over to the neighbors. But I'm telling you, if, it, if it God, if you are believing God, he can make it. Rain or sunshine, whatever you need. So praise the Lord. We're so thankful. So keep believing God for the perfect weather. Now, we need perfect weather this week in Loon Lake. We don't need any rain because we're going to have kids camp. Hallelujah, kids camp coming up. And uh, so I see that there's going to be the guys are going to go up on Thursday uh, to set up. So they're going to be here at 830 I have an idea from Brother Tim, because you're not going to have to set up much this year uh, because the youth aren't going up at this time. So he's planning on popping those tents up real quick and going fishing. I think that's a great idea, just as long as you don't ask me to go for either one of those things. <laughs> praise the Lord. That is a great fellowship for the men, though. Amen? Amen. And uh, so praise God. I encourage you men to do that. Also, kids camp, we need all the registrations. I know that there's people going, but we don't have your registration, and we've got to have that so we can plan out meals. But I'm telling you, if your kids have never been to kids camp, you need to let them go because they will have a blast. I'm telling you, it is fun from the moment they get on that bus to the time or, or the van, however they're going, time they get in the vehicle here to the time they come back. And they come back about 6 o'clock Saturday. They're poop, but they're still tired, uh, till, still ready to play. And uh, that's how kids are. And we, uh, we play with them. And we, at the same time, teach them principles of God. So praise God. We want to encourage you to make sure your kids are at kids camp. Got great, great things happening. Praise the Lord. I want you to just um, open your Bibles to John 10.10 10 this morning. Anybody know what John 10.10 10 says? Some people say, I know who Ren 10.10 10 was. Well, I know who John 10.10 10 was. Amen. <laughs> that could be a tweet for today, couldn't it? Mark that down, someone. <laughs> Our church is now tweeting. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And uh, so I just, I, I'm just... Uh, thankful for social media that we can preach the gospel with and not it doesn't have to be used for the devil it doesn't have to be used for perverted things it can be used for the gospel 
keep it clean, keep it strong. And if you read uh, some of our people's uh, comments, I mean, they're preaching the gospel. Amen. Even Jared preached with a toothbrush. You'll have to you'll have to watch it. It's an interesting thing. <laughs> but I happened to see that Jared had done something, and I it was late last night, and I saw it, and I thought. I texted him back and said, we need to pass out toothbrushes like that to Christians all over so that some of them could get to move and could dance before the Lord. Amen? That we don't have to give that out here to too many. Some of you could use a toothbrush that causes you to dance. You just have to watch it. You got? Did you find John 10.10? 10? Yes. Praise the Lord. Actually, we're going to read John 10.10 10 and 11. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Now, Jonathan has, has uh, preached on that on Wednesday nights, and, and we've, he's talked about the destroyer, and I encourage you, listen, if you've got a computer, get on the website, do the podcast, and even if you're here, listen again, and if you're not, we, sell, we still sell CDs back there, and so praise the Lord, we didn't just pick one or the other. So if you need CDs, get them, you know. And so, but if you, if you uh, have a computer, download those podcasts. So anyway, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Is God the thief? No. So is God going to kill, steal, and destroy? No. Not in, this is new covenant. Jesus has come. Jesus came. And this is what Jesus said. This is Jesus talking. If you have your Bibles open, it's in the red letters, right? I came, I came. Jesus said, I came. He left glory. Do you know what it's like to leave heaven? Do you know what it's like to leave the very throne room of God to come down here? He loved us that much. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Jesus came. He said, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. God wants you to have abundant life. Now, he doesn't want you just to survive. Some people think, well, you know what? If I can just survive, I'm doing good. Well, you are. Surviving's good. But what's better is surviving in an abundance of life, that you have that Zoe life, the life of God in you. Amen? Praise the Lord. So he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I was thinking about this. He's the good shepherd. When I was in Israel, you, we were on our way to Jericho, I believe, one day. And, and the shepherds were, it was, it was uh, no, I guess we were coming back to Jerusalem. And we were coming back from either Jericho or somewhere. But anyway, the shepherds were all taking their sheep to their own uh, place. Like, but they'd, they'd all been having the mountain pasture together. You know what I mean. And it was so cool because on in here he says that my sheep know my voice. It was so cool because there's just just whole lot of sheep, like hundreds of sheep, and there's like four or five shepherds that are walking like by the side of the road. And they came to a place where it was time for them to divide up. And those shepherds called their sheep, and do you know those sheep just split off like they knew exactly they went to where their shepherd was 
But he says, I'm the good shepherd. Now, listen, if I was there that day and had been talking to someone locally and they said, now, there's a guy in our town, he's a good shepherd. He's, a, he's the best shepherd. He's the best shepherd we've ever had. He is such a good shepherd. Well, now, how would I know that? How would I know he was a good shepherd? Just because of they said that? How would I know? I'd look at his sheep. And if he came and his sheep were all mangy and, and uh, skinny and not fed and diseased, would I think he was a good shepherd? No. If we go to your ranch today and we look at your cattle and if they're all uh, just skin and bones and have sores on them, would we think you were a good rancher? Absolutely not. We'd think, that's not right. He said, I'm a good shepherd. And how are we going to know he's a good shepherd? Because he takes care of his sheep. Amen. Psalms 23 says he leads us beside still waters. That he takes us to green pastures. I had a little girl yesterday and we were at, I, I, I mean, let me just say, I went to Home Depot, Home Hardware, and um, they have, you know, they have these little goats and stuff back there. And this little girl was really, she's probably about three, and she's pulling grass and trying to feed these little goats. And she said, this is a really hard job, but they need some grass. And I said, well, I'll help you. I started pulling, and the sod started coming up. And then I went, I am in so much trouble. I just pulled the sod up at Home Hardware. I am so much trouble. But her heart was to see to it that they were fed. A child is born to be a giver. A child is born to give. But, you know, it doesn't take long for them to learn the ways of the world, and they become some of the most selfish creatures on earth unless they have godly parents because <laughs> if you put a probe to their head all you hear was me 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 unless they have godly influence so today we're his sheep the bible says in the book of psalms we are his sheep we're the sheep of his pasture we are his sheep and he takes good care of us. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The devil's not my shepherd. People aren't my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How come I won't want? Because the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is everything I need. So how are we going to how are we going to enter into that? We're going to do things the way God wants it done. God said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto you. That's how God works. We give what we have, and we sow it just like we're talking about the farmers. We're talking about the fields. Listen, we are praying for the Forsyth's land to prosper and have the best harvest ever. 
We're praying for the Davidson's land to prosper and have the best harvest ever. We're praying for Keith and Arlene's land to prosper and have the best crop ever. But we're praying for you. You might not be have a field, but you have something that needs to prosper. You have a business. You have a job. You have relationships. You have things that need to prosper. And the same God that causes that grass to grow is the same God that will cause your seed to multiply and bring you a harvest. Amen. So today we have that opportunity to give into the kingdom. Thank God we don't owe anybody anything. We're out of debt. Isn't it wonderful to be out of debt? But we're believing for every one of you to be out of debt. Because it's great that the church is out of debt. But we are the church. Amen. So the ministry, all of our, all of our ministries, Loon Lake, Lloyd Minster, North American Word Outreach, none of them have any debt. We own buildings. We own lands. We own vehicles. But we're not just storing it up so that we can build a crystal cathedral in Lloydminster someday. No, we're sowing it. It comes in. We send it out. That's twice sown, sometimes three times, four times sown seed. Why? Because we want the blessing of God on these people here. And we want to be a blessing. You can't be a blessing until you're blessed. Amen? Now, you... You might say, well, I'm not blessed. You might think that means money, a lot of money. Absolutely not. It means you give of yourself. You give what you have. And God will bless it. You be faithful in the little things. He'll make you a ruler over much. Amen? So praise the Lord. Let's get ready to receive. Now here at the Word Church, we bring our tithes and offerings up. Now don't forget to pray over your offering. Don't just put it in and say, well, I did what I was supposed to do. What you're supposed to do is put your faith to your giving. And if you need a financial miracle today, and I know some that do, I am telling you that we've got our faith on the line for you, that you get your financial miracle, that your bills are paid. We're going to call bills paid today, amen? Every bill paid. Every bill paid. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So let's rejoice for the harvest. Amen. Let me drink from the living water, giving life to my very core. In the midst of my expectation, Jesus. When the world around me is empty, throw your streams of life through me. You're the life-giving water, Jesus. Come, come, come to the river. You are the living water, wash me clean, wash me clean. 
In this place we found freedom Streams of life have set us free You are all that we really need Jesus Hey! Come, come, come to the river You have the living water Wash me clean Wash me clean Come, come, come to the river You are the living water Flow through me Wash me clean And I give you all of my days No one else could ever take your place your place and I give you all of my days no one else could ever take your place your place come 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 to the river you are the living water wash me clean wash me clean Come, come, come to the river You are the living water Flow through me Wash me clean Hallelujah, I the Lord was just reminding me of something. Uh, well, I don't know what the song is. It was um, The Peace of God Will Rule and Reign in Your Heart. The Lord just spoke to me as I was at the altar this morning and I went back and wrote it down. He said, If you'll believe me to be faithful, then the peace of God will rule and reign. There's the key. You don't have peace until you believe he's faithful. And if you will believe he's faithful, then it doesn't matter what happens. doesn't matter what comes. You can remain stable in peace because you count him faithful. He said... If you believe, he said, if you believe that I am faithful, then the peace of Christ will rule and reign in your hearts. That standard that I am faithful, that's your standard. And then he told me, I am he who remains faithful. So this morning, before we dismiss the children, I want us just to, just, uh, I don't even know one verse of that or something just just want us to just re, re go back there for just a moment and let's take the word of the Lord he said that you judge him faithful you know what if I can't trust God you know these Christians that say well you never know what God will do I mean you never know well yes you do that's why he gave us a book to tell us what he will do I know what he will do. 
And if I don't know, James, the book of James said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to every man liberally and doesn't hold back from anyone. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let not that man think he'll receive anything of the Lord. So, it's faith. Amen. Let's sing that one more time. Lord, we just abide. We're stable, unmoving, fixed in your faithfulness. We abide in the shelter of the Almighty in whom no foe can withstand. We abide. Thank you for your peace. You are our peace, the Prince of Peace. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You have been made unto us peace, joy.
Thank you, Father. We just abide. You know that word abide means to stay, be fixed, unmovable. Doesn't mean visit. It means stay. In your faithfulness, I will abide. That means I don't go in and out. I abide there. I am fixed, unmovable. Immovable, not unmovable. Immovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we choose today. Lord, thank you for these tithes and offerings. Thank you that you have blessed us to be a blessing. And Lord, today we thank you that we have rain in our season. We have sun in our season. That Lord God, you take care of each one of us. Whatever we need, the provision we need, you are our daily bread. And we partake of that today. That you provide for us every day such as we need for that day. Thank you, Lord, for your peace and your faithfulness. Amen? Amen. We want to dismiss the children to go down into Super Kids Academy. Amen. You're going to have a great time down there. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Leif, why don't you escort some of these young ones down there? They might not know where to go today. If you're a visitor here today, we're so glad you're here. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're glad Miss Maria is here today. Hallelujah. She's just on a pass. But you know what? That's the first step. That's a great step. Amen. We're thankful for it. And so, uh, praise God. I'm glad Miss Bridget's getting stronger every day. Amen. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Listen. Let's lock that back door. There are too many going out the back door. Lock it, quick. Don't let Chance out. He got out. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to put away this mic. I keep forgetting I have two mics on. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles this morning to the book of John, chapter 20. John chapter 20. Praise the Lord. It's good to have a Bible, isn't it? It's good to have a Bible in our own language. You know, we, we uh, monthly send uh, offerings, pledge. I mean, we've done it for many, many years to help the Bible get translated into other languages. Do you know what it would be like if you didn't have a Bible? We don't know what it would be like because we've always had a Bible. But do you know what it's like when you forget your Bible? Like you're somewhere and you think, I need my Bible. I was up at Maria's room the other day and we were just, I mean, that, that woman is a preacher, you know, and so she's preaching to me and I'm preaching to her and and then there was a scripture. She asked me where this was. And, and I hadn't brought my Bible, so I was looking at her Bible, the one she has there in the hospital. You know, I couldn't find it. You know how it is with your Bible? You know it's on this page, up here, right in here. <laughs> and then you get somebody else's Bible, and you're just sure it's not even in that Bible. That, you have a Bible that the, all the parts aren't there because it's supposed to be right here. But we want to thank God that we have a Bible today. Amen. Praise the Lord. John 20. Jesus has, 
has died on the cross. He's arose from the dead. And this is where we're going right now. Verse 19, John 20, 19. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, uh, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Now remember, they, have, they are hiding. These, these are the mighty men <laughs> that Jesus has entrusted with the ministry. And where are they? They are hiding. Well, we might laugh and say, well, boy, they were just cowards. But if you realize that you might hang on a cross, that that same thing that happened to Jesus might happen to you, don't you think that you would have to deal with some fear? I mean, we really don't have those kind of things. That w- There's many Christians today, in fact, I want you to be praying for the church in Pakistan. There's, there's just uh, real persecution. There's many other countries, but because we have friends there, we, have, uh, we know of churches there uh, that God's kind of knit our hearts to some of those people. I want you to be praying this week and praying for God to just give rele- relief to the persecution in Pakistan. But these guys were hiding for fear of the Jews. But Jesus came and stood in their midst. And what did he say? What's the first thing Jesus said? Now remember, every time we see that an angel came in the Bible, I, I'm not sure every time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 99%. What was the first thing they had to say? Fear not or don't be afraid. <laughs> Why? Because our human, listen to me, human, tendency our flesh reverts to fear until we train it to revert to faith amen so you have to train your spirit your soul and your body to react with faith and not with fear amen today i'm going to talk to you about choose to believe it's your choice you have to choose to believe. It, you have a free will. Listen, God is so wonderful that he could have made all of us just like robots and said, you will serve me, you will praise me, and you will talk to me, and you will do this, and you will do that. But he didn't, did he? He said that we could choose. Now, we read in Deuteronomy, he says, I said before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. But choose life. We have to choose life. We don't choose. Would any of us logically choose to be cursed? You know, hey, I think I'll choose to be cursed today. Well, someone would grab you and say, you've been in the hot sun too long. Something's wrong. Of course, we don't have that threat too much up here, do we? But. No, we don't, we don't consciously, but every day, all through the day, we make quality decisions, or we're supposed to. We make decisions every day. We, today, you had to decide to come to church. Now, a lot of the people of the church, uh, and you know what? We're thankful that 
people have time off that they can go and have family time. And, and I'm thankful for that. But, you know, as a pastor, when you, you get, you know, several people and that it just keeps coming, like, we won't be there this weekend, we won't be there this week. You know, you go, well, praise the Lord. So thank you, visitors, <laughs> for coming. Because uh, maybe your pastor is thankful that he has visitors today or she has visitors. But Praise the Lord. We had to make a choice, right? You made a choice to come to church. But you have to choose every day to live by faith, to walk with God. Because how many of you have made these decisions, what we call a quality decision? I'm going to walk in love for the rest of my life. Anybody ever chose, I'm, I'm going to walk in love. Anybody made that choice? How long was it before someone tried to get you to change your mind? <laughs> How long was it before you had to see if you really made the choice? How many of you have chosen, I'm going to eat right. I'm not going to eat any bad stuff anymore. I'm... I'm not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to eat white flour. I'm not going to, you know what, I'm going to eat healthy. Anybody made those choices? And then it was like someone says, I, I made you a chocolate cake to take home, Pastor Brownie. Well, it must be God. And I don't want to hurt their feelings. And they're going to ask me, did I enjoy it? So I have to eat it. It's not my fault, God. Brownie, it has sugar and white flour in it. Maybe it's a zucchini cake, God. That's vegetables. Does that count? you know what? God is just not that. I mean, that's not going to upset God. God's not going to just have a little, as we would say in Texas, a little hissy fit. If you, if you eat something you shouldn't be eating there. But what he wants, it's more about your choosing him. Choosing his word. Choosing to walk in faith and not fear. Amen? And all that other stuff will get in line. You know what I mean? If you love God, that other stuff will get in line. Don't, don't major on the minors. You should be majoring on, I love God. And I love God's people. And I'm going to walk in love. And when I get an opportunity to get out of love, I'm not going to take it. And you just keep doing it. So what if it doesn't, what if it doesn't work the first time, Pastor Brownie? Well, you just do it again. You do it again. I, I have an idea that until we leave this earth, we're going to have to choose to walk in love every day. That every day we have a choice. Isn't that true? Now, when we get to heaven, it, it is love. Because God is there. God is love. So there's no unlove in heaven if that were such a word. There's love. Okay, let's go back. Jesus said, peace be with you. My point is, they were fearful, and the first thing he wanted to do is get peace to them. 
If you react in fear to anything, the first thing you need to do is recognize this is fear. I have to get in peace. And you, the Bible says pursue peace. You have to pursue it. You have to chase it. You understand? Well, I don't want to make it sound like it's hard because Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He's given us. He said, I, my peace I give you. So he's given us not just peace. He's given us his peace. Amen? But Jesus immediately recognized, here's the situation. These guys are full of fear. The first thing I need to do is get them out of fear. Every day, fear will come. I was talking to someone and telling them how I got delivered from fear. I, I was raised with fear. My mother thought that's how you're a good mother if you raise your children with fear. Tell them that if they get in the street, they're going to get run over. If they, if they do this, they're going to die here. They're going to, I could have died many ways, you know, because my mother was always telling me, you're going to die that way if you do that. So my mother thought that's how you train a child. Do you know you can train a child without using fear? I taught my children not to play in the street, but I never told them if you play in the street, you'll get killed. That, there's another way. How many times did my children hear this? Use wisdom. Did you ever hear that, John? <laughs> Use wisdom. I'm sure sometimes they want to go, shut up. But they, wouldn't have, they never would have said that to me. But they probably thought, I've heard use wisdom. You heard it too. Because my, my kids and y'all hung together. And your mom and I talked a lot. And we, taught, well, we, we knew that both of us could raise our children with fear. But we were both determined we would not. But you know what? If I'm going to raise my children without fear, I had to be delivered from fear. But I got delivered from fear a long time before I had children, before I even got married. I was only born again just a little bit. And I recognized I had a spirit of fear on me. Well, I wanted it off. If, you're, if your natural tendency is to go to fear immediately, then you need to be delivered. <laughs> Amen? But this is a cool thing. He can deliver us. What does the scripture say? That God has not given us. He has not a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound or disciplined mind. You have to discipline your mind not to fear because your mind is the battlefield. Amen? So he says to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his disciples. Sides and his side, and the disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Do you know that when you get to heaven, you you know, you might have scars on your body today, or you might have you know, stuff wrong, you might be missing something, but when you get to heaven, you won't have any scars. But there is one person in heaven that has scars Jesus. Scars on his hands, scars in his side and on his feet. He showed the disciples this. So Jesus said to them again. Again, he says to them. He shows them. Here it is. They rejoice. 
And he says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Well, do you understand he had to get them in peace before he could send them? You don't want to send out somebody full of fear. Because the Bible says the man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good treasure. The man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, right? So if I have fear and I'm, I'm cultivating fear in my life, when I preach to you, what are you going to receive? Fear. Because that's what will come out, right? Or when you talk. It doesn't have to be preaching. It's any time. So he says it to him. He wants them to have peace. Listen, God wants you to have peace. Now, I was going to preach this. And I didn't know they were singing that song. I didn't know how it was going to go. But God is saying something very clear today. He wants us to have peace. He wants us to rest in his peace. But he says in the word to, to us as a church today, he said the standard is that you believe I'm faithful. There's your standard. You can't just say I want peace, I, I believe I receive peace. You're going to have to have a standard that rules there. Right? And the standard is he's faithful. Our God is able. We serve a great God who wants to do us good. The, here's the standard. Is the character of God. Amen? And Jesus came to show us that. So this is, makes it easy. When he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Wow, these guys... One moment they're here full of fear hiding in this room. And the next moment they get peace. And the next moment they receive the Holy Spirit. Isn't that the coolest thing? Glory to God. I love it when you get the package deal. It's like God's, uh, God's combo, right? When I got born again, I'm telling you, I got the package deal. Because I didn't know anything. I didn't know how. I didn't have religion. I mean, I'd been brought up in a church, but I didn't have a lot. Religion taught to me against this stuff. And so when I got born again, I got born again in one moment. The next moment, the preacher says, would you like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I don't know what that is. So he shows me in the scripture. I said, okay. In one moment, I had decided if the Bible says it, I'm going to believe it. I didn't consciously. It's just like the moment I was born again, all of a sudden I knew if the Bible said it, I was from this moment on going to believe it. So I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then God supernaturally healed me. I didn't even know God would do that, but he did that. I was supernaturally healed of a kidney disease that I'd had and took medicine for and all that. I didn't, even, I didn't even ask him. But I, when salvation, you've got to understand, is not just a ticket to heaven. Salvation includes healing. Salvation includes peace. Salvation includes deliverance. It's a big package. It's the package deal. So they got it. If you, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. 
But Thomas, one of the twelve, called uh, Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples were saying to him, We've seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the imprint of the nails and put my finger into the place of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now here's the first mistake Thomas made. He wasn't with them. You got to be there. You know what I mean? You got to be where God wants you to be. Amen. You might be where you think it's a good place. But God is saying be here. You might have a good idea, but it's not a God idea. And so here's a cool point. They got they got a personal visit from Jesus. They got the peace of Christ from him, the Prince of Peace. They got to see his hands, his side, his feet. Why? Because they were there. You ever you ever heard somebody talk about a service and they say, tell you how wonderful it was and they say, you should have been there? Don't you, don't you just feel like, man, just a little more effort, I could have been there. I want to be where God's, God is. Amen? I don't want God to do anything on this earth that I don't get to be a part of. Now, that doesn't mean I've got to be in every meeting. That's impossible anyway. But that's not the will of God that we just jump, jump, jump and go to every special meeting all over the place. Do you think that would be God? There's some people that do that. And really then it becomes all about them and not about what they can give into a local body, what their part is in that body. Everybody has a part. Everybody has a place. Everybody has an assignment. And I can't do my assignment if I'm always just flittering about. So Thomas needed to be there, but he wasn't there. So because he wasn't there, number one, he still probably was in fear, right? And number two... He hadn't received that peace from the Lord. So he says, the scripture says that he said, I will not believe. Well, that's pretty strong, isn't it? (laughs) Peer pressure many times keeps us from saying stuff like that with other Christians, right? Well, some of y'all just said, well, I've never even thought it. Well, praise the Lord for you. But... Some people, probably they, they're not here today, but some people say, have you ever said this? I couldn't believe it. I can't believe it. You ever heard yourself say that? Does your, does your spirit kind of check you when you say that? Because we're believers. Now, there are things that you're not supposed to believe. <laughs> The Bible says that you don't believe every spirit. You try the spirits. There's things you're not supposed to believe. Believers doesn't mean you believe everything. Believers, when it talks about being a believer, is that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in the word of God. Amen? So Thomas said, I will not believe. After eight days, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Good for Thomas. He started assembling together with the saints, right? Jesus came, the doors having been shut, and stood in their midst and said, what did he say again? Peace be with you. Now, 
some people say, well, no, that's just a greeting. It's, you know, he'd say shalom or what? It's, it's just a greeting. Jesus never used words that weren't productive. He wasn't a chit-chatty guy that just was, you know, just this is what we're saying today. Every word that proceeded out of him, he said, I only say what I hear my father say. And the Bible says that every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I mean, it talks about, it's, it's a, it has power. It has a purpose. So Jesus was not just doing a greeting. He was truly speaking peace to those men. Peace. Let me tell you, don't you think that when Jesus Christ is bodily in a room and he walks up, he, he doesn't even come through the door, he comes through the walls because, you know, he's already been to heaven. So anyway, he comes through. He's there. Don't you think that when he said peace, peace came? You know, in, in the New Testament, when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he was sending them out to go preach, remember? And he said, don't, you know, he's telling them what not to take with them and what to do. And he says, if you go in your, the house and your peace remains, you stay there. When we go into a place, we, we should be bringing the peace of God. When you go on a job, you might be in a restaurant, you might be in a mall, whatever, but you bring the peace of God. When people come into your home, they should feel the peace of God. They shouldn't feel confusion, strife, bitterness. They should feel peace. But a house... A building has no way to bring peace. I mean, you can you can have the water fountains going and the uh, the special smells in the room that are supposed to be peaceful, but that's just temporary. I'm talking about real peace. Amen. Yeah, you can you can make things peaceful, but that's temporary, and we want permanent, eternal. And that only comes from Jesus Christ. So here again, he comes in. First thing he says to them, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, do you think he was unaware that Thomas had had this discussion with the other disciples? Anybody want to take a guess? No, he wasn't unaware. He said, reach here with your finger and see my hands. And reach here with your hand and put it into my side. And do not be unbelieving, but believing. Do not be unbelieving. Uh, one translation says, do not be faithless. Well, that's what unbelieving is, is without faith, right? Believing is with faith, right? So Jesus is saying, don't be unbelieving, but believing, Thomas, why? Why don't you believe? You see, you, Thomas had been with the same, he'd been with Jesus those three and a half years. He'd walked with him, he'd seen the miracles, he'd heard him preach numerous times. But something hadn't clicked in Thomas. Thomas was still reasoning in his m mind. 
You know, you can be in church for 25 years, a good church. that's preaching a good word of God. You can listen to every tape that comes out, you know, preaching on faith. You can do all these things. But you have to, at some point, take it out of your head and let it be in your heart. That you no longer have head knowledge only, but you, it's revelation. It's in your heart. And when it's in your heart, little, little uh, if you hear somebody that preaches against it or if you hear somebody that tries to reason it out of you, if it's in you, that's not going to come out of you. You know that 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 you know, right? No one in the whole world ever could convince me that I'm not born again going to heaven. The Bible says that you know that you have that you can you can know that you have eternal life. I know I have eternal life. Amen. But I know so much more than that too. I know that God wants me to prosper. I know that God wants me healed. I know that God wants me to have peace. I know. Why? Because the Bible tells me so. Even children know that. The Bible tells me so. How do you know? The Bible tells me so. So he's saying to Thomas, okay, Thomas, put your, you know, Thomas said, I will not remember. It was his will involved. He, had, he chose not to believe unless he had a condition, unless I can touch those wounds. That was his point of faith. That was his point of contact. That was his, his if you want to call it, his fleece that he put out. Listen, fleece is for, for Old Testament. We have the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to be putting out fleeces. We have a Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. Amen? That's why Jesus said, I'm going to send you a help. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, because you've seen me, have you believed? Blessed are they who did not see and yet believed. Has anyone here today, and there, there are people that have, but I don't know of anybody here. Has anybody here today seeing Jesus in bodily form. Like he's appeared to you, you've seen him. You understand? I've seen, I've seen an angel, but I've never seen Jesus. But do you believe Jesus is here? You believe he's here in our midst today? Can you see him? No. So how do, what, what determines that you believe? Faith. Amen? How do you get faith? How do you get faith? Romans ten seventeen says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So I'm not going to get faith by just, even just coming to church, you can hear it. But it, how many times have you been in a service? And don't let me be the only one here, but, and it, do, it doesn't insult me. But you kind of have checked out. Your body's here, but you are not here. Anybody been in a service like that? Oh, now that's way too many. Stop it. Not Kim. Kim's never had that problem. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, someone else was preaching. That's when they had that problem. Oh, thank you. That was when John was preaching. Okay. Listen, I have planned meals. I have planned trips. I have to be honest. There's been times I've checked out. My body's here, but I'm not here. (laughs) Now, that hasn't lasted a whole service. But I've caught myself. I've caught myself sitting in a service. And I mean, it might be a great, you know, like God is doing great things. And all of a sudden, my brain goes to something stupid like, what am I going to have for supper? Worldly, fleshly things that Jesus said. This is what the world thinks about. (laughs) But you're supposed to seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. He said, don't worry, don't sweat it. What you're going to eat, what you're going to put on. But don't we spend a lot of time with that kind of stuff? Jesus is telling us, don't do that. So I've got to hear the word. But if you're just relying on hearing the word when you come to church, you are going to be, uh, as we would say in the physical, you're going to be malnourished because you're not getting fed enough. You've got to feed yourself. Look at Galatians 3. I love the Word of God. Don't you love the Word of God? Galatians 3, verse 5. I'm just, I, I don't want to have to read all of this. So I'm just going to just want to make one point. So then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by what? Hearing with faith. So, We have to hear to have faith, and we have to hear with faith. Amen? That's a wonderful thing. So Jesus comes to them. He talks to them. Now, he he stays. He he is on the earth for a period of time, and then we go to Mark 16. He's getting ready to leave. Now, he's, he's built their faith. But, you know, you got to take it from where they were. Where were they on the day that he first appeared to them? They were in fear, hiding. And God comes. Jesus appears to them and says, My peace. Peace be upon you. Peace. Then he talks to Thomas. He said, Blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. Because really... Most people are not going to be able to see the the wounds in Jesus' hands, his feet, and his side until we get to heaven. Most people. So we're going to have to believe. You're going to have to believe this word when everything in in you, everything you know is contrary. Amen? When, When, if it's doctors, whether it's doctors, whether it's bankers, whether it's people around you, Anything contrary to the word, you have a choice. And you have to choose to believe the word. It's, it's, it's just bottom line, church. There, you, you can't choose to believe half the word and half what the world says. You choose to believe the world, word. Amen? That doesn't mean that other things are not, they're not the facts, but they're not the truth. 
They might be factual, but they're not God truth. Amen? So it's not denial. It's when I, when I broke my wrist and they said, man, that's one of the worst breaks we've ever seen. Well, I didn't go around saying my wrist isn't broken. My wrist isn't broken. Well, there's a cast on it. Did, Brownie, how did you break your wrist? Oh, my wrist isn't broken. But what did I say? I didn't tell them, well, this is, this is yeah, it's broken, and this is it's going to take, you know, a long time to heal, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I said, by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. This cast is coming off early. I'm not going to have to deal with pain in my wrist. Listen, that's been, well, that was before Jonathan was born, so that's probably been uh, 30 years ago, or at least 29, when I broke my wrist. And they told me that I would have trouble the rest of my life, and when there was weather changes, I would have pain. This is what they told me. I don't know when it's going to rain. I don't know when a snowstorm's coming. I look on the weather network just like you do. I look up at the sky, but my wrist didn't go, ooh, yeah, it's going to rain. There's atmospheric pressure today. I'm not, I shouldn't. I, as far as I'm not making fun, but yes, I was, and I shouldn't. I'm sorry. The point of the matter is, Faith is not denying something. Faith is believing in the word of God above that. That's what faith is. Amen. Faith is not denying. Well, no, that doesn't exist. Faith is saying, I know. I know this wrist is broken. But I also know something greater than that. That Jesus can put it back together. Amen. I I watched again a video on Saturday of the man named Daniel, I forgot his last name, a preacher, a pastor in Africa. And he died in a car. Well, he was in a car accident. He died a few hours later. And uh, they took him to the mortuary. Like, I mean, he saw one hospital. They said he was already dead. Then they sent him to another hospital. They gave him, his wife, a death certificate. I mean, and I heard interviews from the the doctors. And then I heard an interview from the mortician. They took him to the mortuary. The mortician, now this is Africa, it's not like here, but they shoot the chemicals in their fingers and in their toes. That's sort of the embalming stuff. That's how they do it there. So they had this big, long syringe. So they had put those embalming chemicals in his body. And uh, that was on a Friday night. And uh, Saturday night, the, the mortician uh, was at home or in the village somewhere, and he heard, like, loud praise and worship, you know. So he's thinking, well, those, the Christians are having a crusade or something, and I can hear it. But he said that he had this urge to go to the mortuary. So he went to the mortuary, and he, he couldn't explain it, But the music was coming out of the coffin. Like, he couldn't explain it. But what he told later was he was in heaven at that point and hearing all the saints praising the Lord. But the next day, his wife took him to a Reinhardt Bonnke meeting. Well, they thought there was a bomb in the coffin because there was thousands of people there. 
So they, the security guys wouldn't let him in. So someone opened the coffin and literally carried his body in and laid it in the basement. They didn't want to scare people. And I'm telling you, been three days. He had already had the embalming fluids in his body. And he arose. And he's still preaching today. That's more than just getting healed. You understand there's working some miracles. He needed more than just getting healed. God had to to make everything new. Do I believe that story? I do believe that story. In fact, I, I, I've kind of I've heard it from two different two different documentaries. You can look it up on YouTube, but I heard it from Rich, uh, Reinhard Bonnke's ministry first time. But the point is, how how are you and I going to live day to day? That's a great testimony. It's wonderful. But how are we going to live day to day? That That is the point. Let me just get, get this around. My point in saying, telling you that story is nothing's impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. However, you must have faith. However, you've got to realize that that there are it's not denying that it exists that is not faith but it is denying or let's just declaring let's use that word that my god is greater than this amen my god's greater whatever you have to walk through god will be with you and it will he the greater one will be in you and you can go through it Amen? And you come on the other side and rejoice. Knowing God did it. Praise the Lord. So anyway, Mark 16. Jesus is getting ready to leave the earth. We refer to this often. But today I'm talking about choosing to believe. Verse 14, after he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. (laughs) Does that give you a little hope? When I read about the disciples, I think, there's hope for me. Because these guys really turned the world upside down, right? But they had a few difficulties along the line. He reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. Again, we, we studied a f- uh, couple of Wednesday nights ago, I believe it was, Jonathan, about opening wide our hearts. Opening wide our hearts for the gospel, for the Lord. Amen. For God's people. You don't open wide your heart for everything, just like you don't believe everything. But if it's in the word of God, you believe it. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're supposed to be, believe that Jesus Christ uh, was crucified, dead, and buried, and rose on the third day. If you're a Christian, that's what you believe. You're, if you're a Christian, you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin. If you're a Christian. 
if you're a Christian, you believe these testimonies in the Bible that the Red Sea did stand up and they walked across on dry ground. You believe that Jesus did feed 4,000 and 5,000, two different places, with just a few fish, a few loaves of bread. You've got to believe this. You can't say it was an illustration, it was just a parable. There, the parables, there are parables, but there are also things, the parables are very clear that they're parables. But I have to believe the word of God even when my brain says that's impossible. When my brain says that is hard to believe. Then I have to say to my brain, you don't get to make a decision here. I'm overriding you and my spirit is saying, I don't understand it, but I believe it. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I believe it. And I just step in by faith. Amen. I choose to believe. Today, I want you to choose to believe whatever you have got your faith on and, and it's been attacked. Listen, anytime you have a faith project, don't you know that the Bible says that when the word comes, the enemy comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in your heart? So when you hear the word, the Bible says, the Bible says Jesus himself said it. He was talking, he was giving a parable but he explained the parable to his disciples. And he said that when you receive the word, that the devil comes immediately to steal the word that was sown in your heart. So if I'm going to receive the word, the po point is, and, and we've talked about this, that the first part is you have to receive it. And then you believe it. You're not going to believe something you won't receive. Amen. You receive it. And, the, you know, when, when someone's preaching the word to you, if you trust them, if you know them, then open your heart to receive it. Amen? Knowing, for instance, if I'm your pastor, then you need to believe that I'm not going to just steer you crazy somewhere. Amen? Thank you for that amen, Kim. <laughs> But now listen, we've had people walk in from out off the street and say, you know, uh, I'm a prophet of God. I have a word for your church. Well, now God can do it. He did it with me. I, I went to a church I'd never been to. And God, but God spoke to the pastor and said, she has a word. I didn't go up and say, I have a word for your church. Absolutely not. That's out of order. Amen? So just because someone says I'm a prophet doesn't mean they are a prophet. Amen? But if you don't have faith and you're not believing, then you're not going to be prepared. You'll just be open for anything. Amen? And so we don't want to be that. We choose to believe. We choose. See, Thomas, had, he, this is where his faith was. I will not believe until I can touch those things. Well, it's a good thing that he was around when Jesus had come back to the earth, right? What if Thomas lived in our day? Thomas would not, not be too good of a believer, would he? So Mark 16 is telling us, Jesus is telling them, here's what you've got to do. You've got to not have hardness of heart. You've got to get rid of that unbelief. Because they had not believed those who had seen 
him after he had risen. He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. So Jesus is saying there's two groups of people. There's people who believe and people who don't believe, right? You get to choose which group you're in, right? But, he says, these signs are signs. That word signs can be translated as to attesting miracles. If you have a New American Standard, it'll be out in your, in your margin there. Signs, it means attesting miracles. So we should have attesting. What is an attesting miracle? It's a miracle that can be tested. You can put it to the test and it'll hold. So these attesting miracles will follow who? Those who... Don't believe? Those who just are church, you know, Sunday morning church people who don't, I mean, they just come because it's what they should do, which is, I I hesitate to say that because it is what you should do. But you should come because you're believers or that you want to hear more so that you can believe. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. So he says, these attesting miracles will accompany those who have believed. And that word can mean and are believing. I have believed, but it's not like, well, I used to believe that. that that's what, if you just took it for face value it, as it's translated to English, you do know that the Bible was not written in English. Right, okay. So, that word could be have believed and are believing. These signs, these attesting miracles will follow those who are still believing, who are believers. Amen? You were a sinner, but you got saved by grace. So now you're not an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner, and you got saved by grace. Amen? Jesus took that off from you. Hallelujah. Does that mean you never sin? Well, that'd be wonderful, but Jesus is the only one that that happened to. But we have an advocate with the Father, even the Lord Jesus Christ, that that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Not only just forgive us, but wipe it away. What a wonderful word. In my name, they will cast out demons. We had a girl delivered from a demon on last Sunday. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. They drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt, hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, this is, this is what he, remember, he started out talking to them about, not, about their unbelief. He's trying to encourage them to believe. So then he says, here's what accompanies those who believe. There should be some signs that point to you being a believer. Amen. And like I've said before, it's not that you carry a great big old Bible and wear a huge cross and dress different. That is not it. You should have attesting miracles in your life. Think, you know, leading someone to the Lord, that's one of the greatest miracles you can do. Because you've changed their eternal destiny. But that's not the only one. You, you... You and you and all of you 
can lay, lay hands on sick people and see them recover. You, 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 all of you can cast out devils. If you're believers. There are people in many churches. The churches are full of people who aren't believers. And if we, if we don't judge ourselves, then we might start being unbelieving. I know this isn't, this isn't a right word, but you could be an unbelieving believer if you know what I mean. You've got to believe. And how to, what do you do when you just can't believe? I mean, really, is some, something just looks, you say, well, you know what, I want to believe. Well, what did, what did they say to Jesus? Lord, I want to believe. Help my unbelief. Amen? He will help you. My prayer for you this week, I've prayed it many times over you this week. The scripture that says, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I pray that your faith fail not. Let me tell you, your faith will not fail if you keep on believing. The only time your faith, you will have a faith failure is if you choose, like Thomas and you willfully say, you, with your will, I will not believe. But I don't see people in here saying that. Because we're believers, amen? But you're going to have to ch- just judge yourself continually because sometimes we think we're believing, and then we find out we're not believing. But that's, a, that's how God can correct us, amen? Let the Lord, you don't need... Someone to come to your door and say, well, you're not in belief. You're not in faith. Some of the worst things that can be done is someone to rebuke somebody that they don't have enough faith. That is never your place to do that. Can I just tell you that? It's never your place to tell somebody else you don't have enough faith. We're supposed to encourage them. And if we we have a... Sensing that they don't have enough faith, you know what we do? We add our faith to it. One can put a thousand in flight, two can put ten thousand. The scripture says, Though a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it will not come near me. But let me tell you, if I get weak in faith, I need somebody not to come rebuke me, but to come say, I'm going to stand with you, I'm going to help you. You don't, need, you don't need rebuking when you don't have enough faith. You know you don't have enough faith. You don't need somebody to come tell you. You know, most people on the street today that, that are maybe in the malls or just out today, you know, they don't need you to go up there and tell them you're a sinner, you need to get saved. Sinners know they're sinners most of the time. Now, you can be self-deceived, by the way. But instead of... Taking the approaches, I'm going to correct you and I'm going to tell you what all you're doing wrong. How about encouraging? How about saying, you know what? I'm here. I want to stay with you. I'm thankful for people in my life. I'm thankful for you guys that there's been times when my faith has been weak. And I've had you guys pray. I've had you guys stand and encourage me. I'm thankful for that. That's what the body's supposed to be. Amen. We're supposed to be encouragers. We're not supposed to be fault finders. We're not supposed to be people who are trying to make sure everybody's doing right. Because if that you think that's your job, then you're just trying to be the Holy Spirit. 
And I remember the Lord telling me, when I first got saved, this, he had this term for me. You're not their Holy Spirit. I thought it was my job to tell them what they needed to do, what they didn't need to do, where they needed to go, what they needed. Yuck, 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 yuck. I thought I needed to correct them. I thought that was right. But the Holy Spirit said to me, quit it. You're not their Holy Spirit. He said it to me again when I was raising my children. My children were teenagers. He said to me, they can hear my voice. Now, we're supposed to train our children. We're supposed to equip our children. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about at some point you have to allow them to make decisions because they have to learn to hear God's voice. Amen? And you can trust God, and you can trust God in them, and you can trust the Holy Spirit in them. I've seen this one make, make choices Hard choices in the natural because she heard God. And she had to she had to stand when people thought she was making a wrong decision. But she stood. She's she made it. I was so proud of her. Like I was like, yay, 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 yay. I was so proud of her because it wasn't easy. Listen. You've all had, I, I could go, I could go all the way around the room and just touch every, you know, most every one of you and say, I know you've had choices to make. And I'm so proud you chose the right choice. Choices. We have choices. Choose life. Choose to believe. And encourage one another. In the last verse, verse 20 says, he's encouraged them, hasn't he? He tells them, this is what your life's supposed to be like. Many years ago, I preached a sermon. I might preach it again. I, but I preached a sermon. I first preached it in Virginia. I, pre, I think I preached it here before. But it's called, this is what, just doing what Christians do, I think. Just doing what Christians do. And it came from a, a, an experience I had in Virginia uh, and we were in, in one of the colonial places. And David and Jonathan were the typical ones that were taking a long time looking. Liberty and I, we read fast, and we don't study what we just read. We just read and go. And a woman there, and just make it quick, she she had had back problems, and she worked there. And we're just sitting there waiting on the boys. And we hear her tell, my back is healed, my back is healed. And her co-workers are saying, your back's been hurting you for years and whatever. How, what do you mean it's healed? And she tells about taking a Christian school group through the, the uh, place, the, the historical place, and how one woman, one of the mothers, noticed that she had pain. Asked her about it. She said, oh, yes, my back's been hurt for years. And the mother, not the preacher, not even the teacher, the mother said, can I pray for you? She prayed for her, and the woman's back was healed. And she said, why did you do that? And the woman just said, I'm just doing what Christians do. I'm just doing what Christians do. What a profound statement. Just do what Christians do. Unfortunately, Christians are known for backbiting, for strife, for division. But we can change that. One person at a time. We can change that. 
We can be the exception to the rule. Just like the business that was talking to me and said, we don't, we don't like to do business with churches because they don't pay their bills. I said, we pay our bills. We can change that. Amen? We can be the ones that bring change. You can change. As Jonathan was preaching on Wednesday night about our sphere, you can change your sphere. Where you have, where God's placed you, you can change it for good. Or you can change it for people to say, I don't ever want to be a Christian. It's our choice, right? So let's choose. Let's choose life. Let's choose to believe. Let's choose to encourage one another today. Amen. So that when we, when we get before Jesus, that we know we have done what we were supposed to do. And if you fail here, okay, just a, just a tag here. If you fail, don't beat yourself up. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. You're not supposed to accuse the brethren, nor you, you have to look at yourself as I'm part of the brethren. Amen? And I shouldn't be accusing myself. If I've taken it to the Lord, if I repented, it is under the blood. Not to be brought up again. So I forgive myself. And I say, I'm going to do better. As Brother Hagin said, when you know to do better, you do better. Listen, I know more about how to do better today than I did in the past, even yesterday. Isn't that right? How many of you know to do better now? You know some stuff. Praise God. Stand to your feet this morning. Stir up your faith. Stir. I've, I've done my best to stir you in faith today. But you have to take it, you have to receive it, and you have to choose to stir up yourself. And you have to, I want this to ring in your spirit that today I have a choice to speak kind words. I have a choice to believe God. I have a choice not to be offended. It's my choice. And I'm going to choose what Jesus would choose. I don't need a wristband that says, what would Jesus do? My spirit in me reminds me, what would Jesus do? I'm not opposed to the wristband. But I'm saying, you have a spirit. Spirit of God inside. That will lead. What did Jesus say? Lead and guide you into all truth. Jesus said, I won't leave you without help. I won't leave you without a comforter. I will send the Holy Spirit. Don't you know that when he breathed that Holy Spirit into those disciples that day, don't you know that they're... Everything changed from that moment. But they still had to be, they still had to go to Jerusalem. They still had to wait for the promise. But let me tell you, once they got that, the day of Pentecost came. Boy, didn't they change their world. Amen. How many want to change your world for Jesus? Amen.
Well, you will. Here's the good news. You will. You already are, and you will. Hallelujah. Let's just pray right now. With all heads bowed, I want to ask a question today. Maybe you're here today, and you, you say, I'm not a believer. This is your day that you can become a child of a king, child of God, blood-bought. Jesus has paid the price for you to go to heaven, but to live an abundant life today, to take everything your past, and it can be truly past. That's why we call it the past. It is supposed to be the past. It is not supposed to haunt you every day. You can be delivered from that. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, will you pray for me today? I want to ask Jesus into my heart, into my life. Or I want to come home to the Lord. I've been away. I want to come back. That's you. While heads are bowed, will you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Hallelujah. Is there anyone in the building? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Thank you. You got you had that prayer, but you bring your friend. Praise the Lord. Anyone else? What a wonderful day when we see people come into the kingdom and be born again. We were created for this. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Sir, will you come up? I want to pray with you. Why don't you come with him? I forgot your name. What's it? Tony? Tony. Tony, come with him. Hallelujah. Hi. What's your name? Les, you are making the best decision you ever made in your life. Have you ever asked Jesus in your heart before? Have you ever been born again? You have? Well, we're going to pray with you today. And you are going to know that you have a home in heaven. And your destiny is forever changed. The Bible says that when we do this, it says you become a new creation in Christ. Old things, everything, old things are passed away and all things are new. Would you like to start with a fresh slate today? Yeah. Just, you, you know what, it's like you see a piece of paper. And today, when you came up, there'd be all this writing on it. But when, after you pray, this is what it'll look like. Just fresh. God doesn't keep that account. And you don't have to keep it either. You can be free. Wonderful choice. Pray with me, Les. Say, Father, let's all pray with Les today. You pray it after me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you today to forgive me of all my sin, to cleanse me and make me new. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I receive that in my heart today. I receive Jesus, and I declare that Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over less right now. Dale, just come and just get right behind him, and you 
Lay your hands on Dale and I pray for Les right now. We pray the blessing of God on him. I thank you, Lord God, that from this moment on, he walks in new life. He has a new life. And truly, all the past is just that. God, I'm asking you to restore to him relationships that have been broken. Restore to him things that have been robbed from him. Restore joy to him. Restore hope to him. Restore peace to him. Jesus, may he now have your peace, your joy, your hope. We bless, bless. We call him blessed of the Lord. I thank you that he has a home in heaven. That, Lord God, he will be with you one day. But, Lord, I ask for while he's here on this earth that you will be with him every step. You will be his best friend. The Bible says, less that Jesus is one who sticks closer than a brother. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, not even into the ends of the earth. Jesus will never leave you, Les. You'll never be without him. He's close as the mention of his name. Amen. Amen. Can I hug you? God bless you, Les. God bless you. Hallelujah. Leaf has a book that just explains what you've done today. And we are so excited. The Bible says that all the heaven, angels in heaven, are rejoicing when one sinner comes. Today, you've caused there to be a party in heaven, and you're the guest of honor. Even though you're not there, they know you'll be there one day. And truly, all heaven, it's just harder for us to comprehend with our mind. But today in heaven, it's being announced. Less is part of the family. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I love you. Amen. Amen. Tony, come back. I want to pray for you. Tony got born again last Sunday or came back to the Lord, actually. How was your week this week? You had a super week? Are we surprised? (laughs) Let me just bless you. Lord, thank you for Tony. Thank you, Lord, that you have changed his life and things get better and better and better and better. He'll never go back. No, not ever. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you, Tony. Hallelujah. Do you have a song, Jonathan? That's a good song. I'd sing it, but I don't know it. The words, I know the Hallelujah. Well, I bless you. Is anyone here today, you need hands laid on you for prayer? We're here to do that. You need healing in your body? The healer is in the house. And it's not me. Amen. Hallelujah. Naomi, what do you need from Jesus?
Hallelujah. Just going to come over and just put my hands on Sister Marie. I want you to stretch out your hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for what you've already done. I thank you for the miracles we've seen. Lord God, we thank you that she is a walking miracle today. And we pray for you to touch her body and restore. I thank you that the life of God flows through her body. And that, Lord God, we speak strength to every organ. We command every organ to work, do properly in the name of Jesus. We thank you that everything that is not of you leaves this body now. Every tumor, every growth, every cell that is not of God leaves her body. We call for supernatural strength to be hers. She's strong in the Lord. But Lord, we pray for her strength to come in her mortal body. That resurrection power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, will quicken and make alive her mortal body. In Jesus' name. Be healed. Be whole. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rejoice, church. We win. We win. Because we've read the end of the book. (laughs) Be blessed. Be blessed coming in. Be blessed going out. Be blessed in the city. Be blessed in the field. And everything that your hand touches shall prosper. Your businesses prosper. Your home is in peace. Your bodies are healthy. I call you blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. Love you. Thanks for being here today. I believe you go out just more empowered to do the things of God. Amen. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>